Computer, play me a podcast. Parameters. Star Trek The Next Generation. Time period, early 21st century. Program loaded. Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. With your hosts, Cameron. How does the holodeck work? Marcy. Guys, it looks like a dildo. And Rob. Shut the fuck up, Cameron. (laughs) This week's episode... Evolution. Sorry, Rob. After your party, I went to another barbecue. To a good party? (laughs) Great. And it was one of Andrew's clients. So we went there and I didn't know anybody. And somehow I got roped into this game. One of the older women there was really intent, like super pushy about doing a bunch of yard games <laughs> that had like points associated and like people were split into teams with like the red and the blue team. And Shirts I'm and like scans. somewhat of a competitive person, but like I started playing and it was obvious that like my team was going to lose like <laughs> really fast. So I was like, okay, whatever. We're just going to play this. So by the end of the game, she said, okay, now we're going to do the trampoline. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm in a skirt. We've already played, like, basketball, all these other games. And she's like, yeah, so you get points for flipping. And I'm like, hmm, I had a trampoline as a kid. (laughs) And I'm like, how many points do I get for flipping? (laughs) And she's like, well, like, 15 points per flip or something. And I was like all right, bitches. Like I had all these girls on my team that we'd like not really been making a lot of points and like the teenage boys and young people were Mm -hmm. on the other team. So I was like, they'd run off to do something else. Like, this is it. This is my chance. (laughs) Rally. So I get up on the trampoline and I'm like doing this run around the trampoline, warming up a little bit, get everybody (laughs) to laugh. I did a couple of like sits on the trampoline. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I haven't done a flip on a trampoline for like 10 years. <laughs> and I, I was like, I go for it. And I do the flip. I'm like, am I going to land it? And I landed it. Ooh. And I flipped like four times. And I was like, yeah. And then I like missed the fifth one. And I was like, yes, I made us like 60 points. And then she's like, calls out to her teenage. So she's like, you guys need to come do your flips now. And then this oh. teenager showed up and he did like, 18 flips 18 in a row. Flips. And I was like, fuck you. It was just like the Rockford Peaches. <laughs> Had it in your grasp and lost it. I was like, I'm 37. You can't do flips when you're 37. You, <laughs> you should get double points if you're 37 and doing flips on a trampoline. So, in a skirt. But the moral of the story is don't put you on my flipping team. <laughs> <laughs> but we still lost. No, actually what she did, she ended up there all like, everybody was like, Adding the points and we tie. Oh, she, oh. she pulled a Dumbledore yeah. and was like, <laughs> "That's bullshit." Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> bullshit. Thirty points for Gryffindor. Like, why would anybody want to play if you're like fixing it for us? She kept being like so mean to her teenage sons. They're like, "Mom, I just made these points." She's like, "No, that was your practice run." Like, <laughs> she wanted you to come back next year. She didn't want you to get soured, soured on the experience. It was funny. Welcome to season three of Green Shirt, everybody, and Newbie's Trek to the Next Generation. Hey, it's me, Cameron, just uh, a low rung on the evolutionary ladder of TNG, (laughs) but here with me, my much more evolved co-hosts, the George Jetson to my Fred Flintstone, Rob. Hey, what's George Jetson's catchphrase? (laughs) 
<laughs> what a sprocket. Yep, that's probably it. And what a sprocket. <laughs> the uh, creepy alien-looking robots at the end of AI to my Haley Joel Osment. Oh, yeah. It's Marcy. I just watched that recently because uh, yeah. it's on Netflix. And I was like, I'll give this another try. Really good and until like, the third act. This is surprisingly not that bad. So for this season <laughs> premiere of uh, season three, we watched Evolution. Evolution. Just like the show, we also all got new uniforms for this podcast. So. <laughs> Holy popped collar <laughs> right now. We're all wearing brand new clothes. Everyone looked great in this. It was funny, too, because at first I was like, are that... Are they wearing new? They look different, and I couldn't pinpoint it. I had to like look up old photos. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they got new collars. Yeah, and like, there's two lines coming down the center. Okay, of their I thought there's something more going on. They're separate. I did read that this is when we finally started the the two piece uniforms that no longer give the cast back problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now they all put socks in their crotch, too. <laughs> Everything looks really good. Yeah. The opening shot. I mean, I know that they redid all of the effects, right. but somehow it still looks even better. Yeah, I'm not sure what they redid, but those opening shots with the two binary stars, that I guess the one binary stars <laughs> system, but the Enterprise, don't, I mean... Don't add us. It looks great. I mean, the lighting everywhere and all the scenes, I think... I mean, you can tell you're in a new season with a little bit more money going on. The sets look good. They're all lit really well. The ship, and I don't know if we've talked yet on this podcast, but the Enterprise is a good-looking ship, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's always been a good design, and this Model D, whichever one it is, like, I mean, it's a gorgeous ship. The one thing that they kind of <laughs> missed in this episode was the music. I don't know if you guys oh, really? noticed, because I felt like it was just, every scene, it just didn't quite fit for me, but... Oh. They saved on budget by hiring a, a low-rent... <laughs> a MIDI-like mu- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They changed the composer artist. to Actually, some... my first note was, nice music, whole episode. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to fight. I like the music. Oh. I feel like the other seasons were more orchestral, and this kind of, I don't know, did not... Hmm. The music didn't fit the scenes. Really. As usual, you two disagree, and I didn't notice anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other thing you can notice, the writing felt much more mature, too. I mean, not that this is a great script, but, I mean, it just feels like they're not making first-year screenwriting class mistakes anymore. Like, it's totally consistent. The A and B plots intertwine. It's got a middle, beginning, and end. Not in that order. (laughs) At least compared to the previous episodes we've seen. Like, I feel like it's more mature. I agree with that, but I wish it was smarter. I feel like there's a bunch of really (laughs) dumb, like, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it. Sure. What I felt this episode really wanted to convey is it wanted to let us know how old Wesley was. How would you feel if you were a 17-year-old? He's 17 years old. What were you doing when you were 17? Uh. Isn't that what 17's supposed to be? You are a 17-year-old. Whoa! They hammered that home. Nice. Yeah, and the opening shot is dear old Wesley snoozing on his workbench. I know. You think he knew his acne would be so apparent? <laughs> like, yeah, no. Higher definition television. Poor Wesley. It's just there on full display. And also, I like the pan, the pan shot from the very Much beginning. Much like my yearbook. Oh. Nah. Pan, I like how it pans across the desk and it shows his, a plate of his favorite food. Ripped up, crumpled, dry biscuits. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I did notice the very end when Crusher, uh, Dr. Crusher is in Tin Ford. She's eating what appears to be Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> a plate of Sour Patch Kids. Looks like she picked all the green ones out. Uh, I did like the opening shot, though, because at first I was like, why are we spending so much time on Wesley's desk? 
But it's all foreshadowing for what comes up later, which I didn't really notice till the second time I watched. I wish it was actually a, a little more clear. Open on the opened cup. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice. Just one little additional sting would have been nice. Like some sexual thing. I don't what? know. Open An cup. Open cup. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, guys. Well, I don't know. I didn't want to telegraph, but just what seemed... would you have done? What would director Rob have done? Um, a slow, slow zoom towards that open container. Mm. Like he leaves a room with it still open. Oh, I gotcha. Oh. Or something. I do like how he was in such a hurry. He closes the lid and doesn't even bother to check if his little nanite pets had escaped or not. I guess they're just like fleas. They just hop out. Like I, that's what I'm so confused about. They just hop out like fleas and walk across the thing and then into a computer. I don't know. We'll, we'll get there too. We'll get to the nanites. So he rushes up to the bridge. He rushes up there. And who do we see up there? Well, Dr. Paul Stubbs. And that's the only time I'm going to call him by his real name. Because for the rest of my notes, they refer to him as Dr. Kelso from Scrubs. Yeah. Oh, right. I couldn't replace him the entire time. And I've seen every episode of Scrubs. He was on the tip of my brain until like one of his later scenes where he's kind of like remorseful about the weight of responsibility. And I was just kept expecting him to mention his gay son. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's who he is. <laughs> his woe is me talk sounds just like Dr. Kelso. Let's shallow dive into his IMDb real quick. Yeah. What else First of all, the end? trivia is, this is Ken Jenkins, by the way. His name is Ken Jenkins. Uh, the trivia says that his wife, Catherine Houghton, is the niece of Catherine Hepburn. Ooh. <laughs> his wife is the has a famous aunt. And his trademark is his horse commanding voice. Mm. Back in the Who 80s. Who comes up with this shit? I don't know. Horse in, commanding voice. He's in 103 things. Wow. Uh, back in 88, there's a movie called The Wizard of Loneliness, which is mm. my nickname. Um, <laughs> and then he was in The Abyss, Gerard Kirkhill. Oh. He was in The Abyss? Chicago Hope. He was a doctor in there as well. Uh, gone in 60 seconds as a televangelist. Huh. And uh, then, of course, Scrubs. I th- I thought he was really good. Like you know, We'll talk about what they did and didn't do with his character, but I thought his acting was, was pretty great. Yeah, except that I was so distracted with where I'd seen him before. <laughs> I swear, I was like, what is it, like Hot Shots Part Do or something? Or like, I don't know. It's like, I know it. Like funny shots, I can picture like the weird, some of the weird shots in Scrubs where he's like, you know, extreme close-ups and like I could picture his face so well, but could not figure it out. Well, when I first saw him though on the bridge, like he, I, I felt he was dressed like a, like a liberal arts professor. Yeah. You know, the one who you think is, is cool and so hip, but really he just wants to bang all the girls in your class. It's that tweed blazer or whatever. It's, it's, it's all rumpled. Yeah. I may or may not have stolen that storyline from Saved by the Bell, the college years. Oh boy. <laughs> They're always stealing those storylines. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's very frumpy, very, mm. like, loose clothing. But he does have, like, he's got, like, a weird la- future lab coat underneath the yeah. tweed jacket. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. Speaking of lab coats, mm-hmm. Dr. Crusher is back. She's Crusher's back. And she's got her blue lab coat. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm my crush is back i felt a little bad for pulaski though because we don't even name drop her this episode yeah what happened they demoted beverly back to the ship and promoted pulaski to beverly's position they do kind of imply later that the only reason she came back is because she was was, she was sad about being away from her little wessiekins i just i was super i mean of course that's what i focused on this episode happy with how easily she kind of just rolls right back into mm-hmm. it and the chemistry that she has with everyone is so good like, she's still barging into picard's office whenever she I wants mean, i wouldn't call it barging i was just like making I, yourself at home yeah exactly <laughs> and i was like oh yeah like 
they actually have a really fun, like, good relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pulaski and Picard were always just at each other's throats. So, but before we meet Crusher, there's the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Every 196 years, some something happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a real MacGuffin. They they make a big deal about how important the scientific research is. It's and they never faithful. tell you what it is. It's the yeah. it's interstellar counterpart to Old Faithful. So basically, <laughs> it's like so important, but like Old Faithful, it's just oh look, this water's squirting into the air. I mean, I get that he's studying the decay of neutronium as it's expelled at relativistic speeds from a stellar explosion. Oh, but what does that mean? That's so important. I think what's important about it is that it only happens every 196 years mm-hmm. or whatever. So they have to be here and do a their study now otherwise they'll never yeah, get that's all they what were they doing 196 it. years ago <laughs> <laughs> too busy washing their hair i don't know let's watch enterprise and find out oh yeah so they're gonna launch the egg i don't know i wrote down really bare bones notes like, <laughs> launch the egg we get a lot of hangar scenes and my two favorite extras this episode are the two guys up in the little like hangar, hangar office bay. yeah and they're just up Behind the window in the background. I'm like, that's the best job for an extra. Like, they can't hear what we're saying. We just kind of have to look like we know what we're doing. But we can bullshit all day long up here. That's fun. And you also see the first, like, for me, the first time, maybe it's been there the whole time. (laughs) uh, Caution variable gravity area. Like, a sign right underneath that (laughs) window. I did not notice that. It's, like, huge in, like, red (laughs) letters. And I was like, has that been there this whole time? And I haven't seen it for two years. Variable gravity. Yeah. Although Keeps we it. never see the gravity go down in yeah. there. They do not have the budget for that. Can they adjust <laughs> the gravity in the holodeck? Mm. Yeah. That would do the, like the scuba diving uh, that we were talking about last season. Yeah. That would make kind of make if sense. If you just were able to control the gravity, that'd be pretty cool. Well, then either something goes wrong or the cameraman gets really drunk because yeah. things are going all over the place. Kelso goes flying against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> He's and, like, can yeah. he throw it? I mean, it's obvious that he's just throwing himself around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the only time that, that he throws it. himself bodily at things in this episode. True. <laughs> but what are they? So the ship is shaking. Are they mm-hmm. hitting something? I still don't understand, like, how nanites, which we will find out later that these are nanites causing this. How do they make the, sh- the ship's gliding along in space? Right. What makes it shake? I do think they said something about, like, inertial dampening stabilizers or something so I mean, i'm assuming the artificial gravity is kind of like getting all wonky and that's what's making it shake artificial gravity is like going back and forth really quickly sure like, that's strange yeah i don't or know or the shocks are out maybe they're just they're, they got bad shots <laughs> <laughs> yeah so something happens when they go to release the egg into the, the egg is actually like a probe that's going to go mm-hmm. into this stellar matter and blow up because at the end it blows up <laughs> <laughs> or Oh, I thought the thing blows up next to it or something. The star blows up. I mean, I assume the egg's not going to last very long, but it's going to send them a lot of data in those okay. couple of seconds. Wow. The but neutron anyway. star is sucking energy from the main star, and when it gets too much energy, it explodes and expels all that energy. I said so that's then what I thought, blows up. So that happens over and over again, though? Every 173 96. years? 96. So it, 96 years. So it creates its 196. own neutron star every 196 No, the neutron years? star is always there. It's just its orbit it eventually takes it close enough that it pulls in energy. Too much energy. And then it releases the excess energy that it pulled off the main star. He knows what he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> My brain shuts down as soon as they start explaining this stuff. They're getting thrown around. The computer's getting haywire uh, again. Instance number 17 of the ship mysteriously <laughs> trying to kill them. Just get rid of the ship. No more ship. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
later, I think they say, oh, this, there's been no incidents of a computer going wrong. And and I'm like, you have your own evidence <laughs> of that <laughs> well, happening. I didn't think about that. They say, like, no system-wide failures or something. I was oh. like, okay, they've had individual systems go down. That's and true. they've had, like, other entities take over the full system. But, yeah. Well, they should have all looked up to the sign that says, number of days since the last incident. And it's <laughs> like, oh, number of episodes. Day. It should yeah. just say, <laughs> number of episodes since the last incident is eight. <laughs> And then we get a new opening. That's a new opening. Not like an anal opening. Marcy. Oh, I skipped it. Really? Oh. You guys Netflix. skipped the opening? That's a brand new opening. I skipped my Netflix skip. And they finally listened to me. They got rid of all the shitty Earth solar system planets and showed some brand new shit out oh. there. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I was just like, fuck this crap. <laughs> skip intro. <laughs> it's the first shot. It's a new thing. Well. What show is this? <laughs> Sequest. Uh, Sequest. They don't know what's going on. Kelso's on the ground. It looks like he's getting a rectal probe. <laughs> speaking of new openings. And they call for medical. Who's the doctor? Hey, well, it's Crusher. Crusher hey. is the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know we met Dr. Crusher? I, I remember that. And she was so nice. Yeah. Had a great she was so nice I love you. for the 20 seconds that we spent with them. <laughs> she said, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you found the crux of my hatred of Pulaski because I actually fell in love with Gates McFadden. She's just not Gates at, McFadden. Yeah. <laughs> at the, the, the Comic Con. So I just like. What if the Comic Con had both doctors? <laughs> what would we do? I was just going to say, you never see whoever played Pulaski like, show I would, up at the cons. Punch her in the uh, cunt. God, why can't we not remember her name? Crap. That would be amazing if she was like the only person to come back in the new Picard series. It's just oh like Picard God. and Pulaski exploring the universe and vineyards. What do you think about the new Picard series poster with him standing next to a fucking dog? He's got a dog. And he's, he's like wearing a like dog. a he wearing like a long coat or something. Yeah, yeah he's got a long coat. They're, and they're like paying Firefly. a lot of attention on his vineyard. Like, oh yeah, is this just all going to be about him, like trying to save his vineyard? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even take place in space. That vineyard's in the holodeck. <laughs> well, we know he likes horses, but he doesn't like dogs. Babe. He says he doesn't like small animals. Yeah. So well, something's changed in him. Dementia. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sundowning through all of that show. We knew. I mean, we know it's coming because he's already he's showing already signs. <laughs> So this episode, if you like these two things about Star Trek The Next Generation, you're going to be okay with this episode. If you enjoy watching the crew just get perplexed about what's happening to their ship, you're going to have an okay time because there's a lot of that happening. And then the flip side is, if you just like watching them be good at their jobs and like try to figure shit out, you're going to have an okay time because that's all this episode is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, there's also there's like a scene where they're trying to figure it out and... Picard comes up to Data and they have a conversation. And this is the first time I think Captain Picard has actually touched one of the front consoles because he doesn't quite like <laughs> believe that Data's telling the truth. I don't know what, but he like double checks Data and he's like, hmm. Yeah, I think this is the scene where I made that note because like they both just kind of look at each other with this like look of like, we don't know we what don't know is happening. going on. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing that I have a question for. What does it mean when they say, I went to manual for the shields? Mm-hmm. Because they only have computer consoles. So it's not like a, <laughs> like a giant no, 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 no. joystick Con- comes with, out. With gears with and cogs. gears and cogs. Like, Steampunk. They've got a bunch of slaves down there with like giant <laughs> oars. 
That's a good that point. they saved just for manual. I was confused about manual as well. I mean, we know when they go manual piloting, he's got like the big, right. like the actual joystick. Maybe when it means pilots. like they went into DOS. Yeah, yeah like no, safe right. mode. Enter C the code colon themselves. backslash backslash. Like. Shields dot up. They do dot execute. They do like restart the computer at one point to fix it. They're like, yeah. oh, did you reboot? Yeah, just <laughs> turn it off for thirty seconds. Turn it back on. Oh, sorry, nerds. It was probably forward slash forward slash. Oh shit! <laughs> shit the uh, IT guy at my what are they? What's it called? Uh, do you guys know what it's actually called? Linux. No, the actual the forward slash because the IT guy at my work never calls it that. He's always like, "It's a Wabajack or something, <laughs> something like that." And he's always like, "That's what it's called, you know." And I'm like, "What? Whatever, man." I am now calling that only Wabajack. Wabba- that's not the C right word. Colon Wabajack that's Wabajack. A, that's a t-shirt. <laughs> it was someone looked at you. Nobody got Wabajack Wabajack. That's probably a racist term. We're no. offending oh, someone man. horribly. Oh. I'm a wabajack. <laughs> I'm one third wabajack, so you don't worry. Offending. I can say it. I'm okay. one third wabajack. <laughs> uh, so here we learn that Kelso has a very fraught relationship with his mother, which I can only assume is why he and Troy sort of have a weird bonding moment later. Yeah. Sounds like they've got similar mommy issues. Apparently his mom wrote an unauthorized autobiography about himself, which Wesley read. Did you guys not bump? This is crazy if I'm the one that that double-taked at the line where she said she missed two inches of Wes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, how come I noticed this penis joke and you guys didn't? This is insane. Are we like, oh, I missed my son. I missed about two inches of him. I don't... Like, what is she referring to? Oh, I know what she's I got the other to, six but... inches, if you know what I mean. Oh, no. Oh, oh that went over the that, line. Yeah. That's what... <laughs> I imagine she's measuring her son's penis. Ew. And she's like, oh, it's grown two inches since I last saw him. Stop! She just meant West scientific. She is a doctor of science. West doesn't have a penis it's, yet. It's science. Oh, it was an He's innie. just a kin doll down there. <laughs> Like Celia, don't touch me there. She's like, <laughs> just melted off. That's what happened. Anyway, she bit it off. I'm sorry that I had to make the dick joke this episode. Can't like, trust Rob you guys. Like was just over there waiting for it and waiting for it, and finally he had to mention it. He had to say something. I had to rewind because I'm like, wait, what did she just say? Two? She misses two? In- okay. Crusher's healing Doctor Kelso. Like is that? Would you call it? <laughs> Whatever she's the doing. The doctor is healing me. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a cleric. <laughs> treating. Treating? She's treating him. Sure, she's treating him. I don't him. know. She's using a med kit on him. I mean, him. he got hurt, so <laughs> yeah. she's healing him. I don't think she is heal. like a cleric. Oh, heal. I don't know. It's Why a weird term. She it's heal a weird, he it's a weird of use a, of the word. He thinks of that as a, spe- a spell. Excuse me. <laughs> that is the use of the fucking word. Marcy at work, how often are you healing your clients? All the day fucking long, okay? And then you say, hello, welcome. Um, I'm here to heal you. <laughs> well, see, that sounds okay. I'm here to heal you. That sounds normal, but I'm here to heal you. healing you. It's, I don't you are know. such I a sexist. Just because hmm. Rose no. says, I'm here to heal you, suddenly that's okay. Well, when I hear a man's voice say it, Marcy, because only men should be doctors. And yeah. Pulaski. <laughs> You know I role play all the time. <laughs> hmm. uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's the correct Continue. way to use Continue that word. Continue <laughs> your description. I don't want to talk anymore. Healing. I'm done. Oh. You won't hear my no. voice the whole time. Well, I'm episode. about to gloat, so you better get whatever you want in. Because <laughs> I got a big moment coming. Okay. 
So what was I going to say about this? <laughs> She's there treating her cl- her patient, <laughs> healing him in a way. I was just trying to help move the story along. Please do. <laughs> so the next scene is when she walks into Picard's room, right? Well, guys, let's reel it on back here because there's a big <laughs> moment for Cameron back here that we learned. <laughs> okay. When Wesley, what does he say? He's still want, oh. not in Starfleet Academy He's yet. He's still trying to get into Starfleet yeah. Academy. We had an argument about it last week. We had season. a big <laughs> argument, and you guys... I wasn't sure. ...were kicking me... I don't remember. While I was me. on the ground, sobbing. <laughs> I don't remember what? having I an thought, opinion. I was the one that said that he wasn't in Starfleet yet. No, the, a few episodes, a few episodes, like mm. halfway through season two, he said he had to take his exams. And I was saying, it doesn't sound like he's trying to get into Starfleet. And you guys were like, no, he's in Starfleet now. I don't think I had a strong opinion oh. about it. Oh, we're going to go back. I Are, think it's the opposite, we're gonna play the to tape. be honest. Yeah, All right. Let's play the tape. Let's do a clip show. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was pretty sure that I was the one that was like, he's not in Starfleet Academy. And you're like, no, he is. He took the exam. Oh, crap. What episode is this? We have to figure it out. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna find it. We, don't, we won't know, but I'm going to play it right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's not already in Starfleet. I think I he is. Know. I think that's what they're implying at the end. All right. We don't know what you just heard. <laughs> one of us was proven wrong. All I know is that I'm right. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. I'm always wrong. Uh, but let's hear a clip about it. I'm trying to get into Starfleet Academy, and I earn credits for the time spent on the Enterprise, but it's just not the same. What the fuck are you talking about, Just Wesley? not the same. It's not the same as being in a classroom. <laughs> you are on the Federation's prize ship, exploring all sorts of crazy shit, but getting could, hands on... But he could be in a library studying, Cameron. <laughs> Rough. It's not the same. He could be in Hogwarts, okay? If you ever <laughs> if you ever hear me say, Well, I mean, this is great that I'm getting all this hands-on experience working on these Marvel movies, but it's not the same as film school. Just slap me, okay? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's not the same as me in my basement watching a bunch of DVDs commentaries. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. Well, yeah. I think Mrs. Crush or Ms. Crusher. Madam Crusher. Madam Crusher. Um, excuse me, Dr. Crusher. <laughs> now who's woke? You're welcome. <laughs> She's the one that's like, he needs to go to school. He's working too hard. Yeah, he spends all his time studying and being a little nerdy douchebag. So. He seems fine with it. Like, let's start talking about that. Like, that seems to be a big theme of this episode is that Kelso is supposed to be a, uh, a cautionary tale for Wesley of, of working too hard and being too intense. But Wesley never seems to care. He seems to really enjoy his life on the Enterprise. And as we find out at the end, he does take time for her friends. I'm glad you pointed out what Kelso was there for. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what's happening with this, these two. His real name is Dr. Stubbs. Yes. It's- Stubbs Kelso. Stubby Kelso. Let's call him Stubbs Kelso. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is a warning sign, though, because Kelso turns into a raving lunatic. And so, you know, if until he's... he apologizes, yeah, I don't until know he does anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he's a lunatic for like two scenes and back to normal. Yeah. Well, and that's what's so interesting about there's been so many episodes where there's an arrogant scientist who comes on board mm-hmm. and he causes all kinds of shenanigans mm-hmm. and then he kind of just gets away with it at the end and everybody's great and they move on. They also don't fire Wesley for putting the ship in danger. I think because yeah. every week a different crew member puts the <laughs> ship in danger with some shitty accident. This episode did feel very season one because it had been a while since Wesley had put the ship in danger. What's happening in the food? Before the end of the scene, 
the it looks like a, the food slot, which I haven't heard it referred to as a food slot before, and I think that's funny. It's a, it's a replicator, replicator, right? Are you, are you sure that's what it's actually oh, let's called? Hear. Computer, fix the food slot. The food slot is functioning properly. Well, check again. The food slot is functioning properly. Computer, deactivate food slot. <laughs> the food slot. So, and it like the cup of water in there, or whatever the liquid is. Yeah. It, it looks like it's like a drink dispenser, like you, like right. a Taco Bell. I'm like, is that just pouring water into it, or is it bubbling? I don't understand what the food slot is doing to that it's glass. Materializing of, it from within the glass. That's it. Like creating a spring. At the I was bottom. very that's confused because I just call my my mouth my food slot. <laughs> my butt is never mind. Yeah, never, vagina is my food slot. We've all got our own food slot. <laughs> food slot to food slot. Mine is a food slit. Oh, oh mine's a food shoot, and it comes out my butt. That's where my food Shit. leaves. Uh, <laughs> food slot. I'm, I'm stopping now. I'm stopping while we're ahead. You're welcome, I'm audience. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I didn't know it was called a food slot, and I thought that seemed like a oh, you know, like a food trough or something. It just seemed like really unscientific <laughs> just to me. I thought it was a replicator. And also, I love how the normally in an episode, the nanites would escalate slowly. Instead, we start with the whole ship shaking and like a, a high energy, like a big risky thing. And then the second thing that goes wrong is the replicator. You're right. I'm like, why? They really jump it up and down on like the danger levels here. It is true. All right. Let's get to Marcy's favorite scene. But one more thing about the food slot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So... Crusher decides to just wander up and start chatting to Picard. In the middle of an emergency. Yeah, but... It's but, time we talk about my son, Picard. But he's, like, digging it. I know. He's just sitting on his desk. Like, it's like he's Dixon again. Well, this is foreplay for them. They are so not worried about this threat. <laughs> I thought you said Nixon at first. I was like, how's he like Nixon? <laughs> he's not a crook. <laughs> he's Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill. It's Dixon's like, out. It, it, he needs to put his feet up in this yeah. scene. There's no urgency to fix this problem. No. They're talking there. Wait, there is a literal ticking clock. They've they only like got eight hours. Right. I'm acting like, I mean, they're, they're acting hey. as though there's no oh, urgency. Oh, in this scene, these two. Yeah, yeah. And also in future scenes where they're like, oh, let's let's not destroy the, let's let's do a couple hours of investigating the nanites <laughs> instead of just like doing the smart thing, which would be to destroy the I mean, it is dangerous, but Picard has his people on it. So he's like, what else? I can chill in my office, drink some Earl Grey tea. We can worry about whether Wes is square or not. Let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, so she asks so, Picard how Wesley's doing. Has he ever been in love? Um. um let me tell you about this fucking monster that he screwed. <laughs> uh, there's another line, though, I liked. What were you doing when you were 17? Well, Beverly, my, let me tell you. I was having my heart <laughs> cut out by a Norshikan blade. And where were you when I needed that transplant? Hmm? Nowhere in that bitch Pulaski had to do it. There you go. That's what Picard was doing when he was 17. Was it 17 when he got stabbed in the heart? I, I don't think know. he was probably he was, in his 20s. Shh. <laughs> don't ruin this for me, Marcy. Picard was doing some real nerd shit at 17. He was riding, he was like collecting horses and reading about old time a, cannons. He, he was things. a brony. He was. Yeah. Is this where Wesley then talks to Dr. Kelso? Yeah, they're in the hangar. And the uh, and Kelso describes himself as a wonderkind and then explains that that means wonder child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in my youth, they called me a wonderkind. 
Wunderkind. Do you understand Wunderkind? Do you understand it? Yes, doctor. I'm 17, not a fucking pack lead. <laughs> I feel like fucking you... Fucking asshole. You could have done a set of clips of all the old-timey references they made in this oh, one because Jesus. they really came back to home with that one. Yes. Like, there was about five or six in this episode. This is how they talk, I guess, 300 years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Where were the nanites made? Like, Bangladesh or something? I am. I didn't Some country where I was that. like, that... That country doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I still, I still want to know how we ha- have all the same like geopolitical borders, seemingly after a nuclear holocaust. Like bureaucracy will always find a way. The apocalypse is going to become like the holodeck. We're not allowed to bring it up anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was excited for like the brief mention of a Borg ship we got in yeah. this episode. I guess that's another thing. Like the first season, at least had like a premiere that felt like it meant something and a finale that kind of felt like it meant something. And so far season two and three, like the premieres and finales have just been like, here's another random episode. It doesn't feel exciting enough to be a first episode. I don't know. It's just another redo of similar things that we've had watched in the previous episodes. Yeah. Even season two, at least kind of was like, Jordy's now in engineering and Worf's got an extra pip or something. I don't know. And, Frakes has a beard and like it felt like they were like setting up new things at least and this one it's just Crusher's back like they barely yeah there's like <laughs> Crusher gets one line of like setting up the new season I was gone for a year she says <laughs> literally literally <laughs> so this is the third incident where the nanites are fucking with them we know we go from yep. ship shake to food slot mess around and then <laughs> and then the the faked into the fake Borg attack and the doors oh. opening and closing yes and uh, the chess moves her the announcing chess moves. Chess moves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did like when the computer just started like malfunctioning. That made more sense to me than it being like, there's no problem. Right. Yeah. And this is about here is where Wesley starts to think, uh-oh, mm. I might have done something wrong. Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> that should be his catchphrase. <laughs> and so apparently there's nanites that they use in the med bay that go into individual cells and repair cells that's pretty cool technology they have so apparently for his thesis he put two of them together yeah and no one has ever done that before in the history of nanites this is the smart part of the smart smart writing problem i have it seems dumb you put two of them into a dish and then like fleas they jump out within 24 hours they go from mindless drones to pretty advanced ai yeah yeah, and he really didn't do anything except put them together. It's not yeah. like he says that he added some kind of component yeah, or could, even anything. He put them into a... A, a Petri dish. Into, like, not even that. It's like a tin. It's like just like a... <laughs> it was like a... What it's like full of like hard candies. Oh, it's full of licorice-flavored hard candies. <laughs> Altoids. Well, it's an Altoid tin. tin. That's yeah, yeah. And they just put them in there, and then they crawled out of it. I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> and so, yes, he's telling all this to Guinan, and she's the first person he confesses to. Well, he's crawling around setting traps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that a cover, like or is he actually mouse putting traps. nanite traps? Little nanite traps. And then later it looks like like they wouldn't detect the nanites immediately. Like He had to go gather them up and take them back to his room and like examine them, because later he's examining each one when he finally finds some. Mm-hmm. How many did he... Because he's setting up like five and ten forward alone. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a big ship. Obviously, it'll go straight to ten forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And we'll go from duplicating to just like, oh, let's go into that whatever the Roach Motel he's putting down on the floor. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't understand that either. Yeah. So here we get also some new information about Guinan, though, which is oh, like yeah. everything... 
that Guinan says out of her mouth. I'm like, I want to know more about that. She's been married multiple, multiple times. times. And probably many killed, kids. Probably killed and, and eaten her husbands, I'm guessing. Yeah, like a praying mantis. She's a praying mantis, Marcy. No. No? No. She's I, I'm a sticking listener. to it until I heard otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and she's had lots of kids, yeah. She had lots. I wonder how many lots is when she says that. I'm like, how many is a lot? Two. Yeah, she's like, man. Well, she's hundreds of years old, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was one re- Shouldn't they just be overpopulating <laughs> the war- the the galaxy if like they live 100 years and she has multiple husbands think, and Well, that's why kids? I'm saying like maybe mm-hmm. the Bo- maybe the Borg did the galaxy a favor. By maybe wiping out eighty percent of their population, like an elephant, like can like they only have like one or two babies yeah. and gestates for like a really really long time. I'll go with that. Shall we finish the scene before I need to go into my quiz? <laughs> well, I do want to talk about Frankenstein, which Guinan just casually name drops. Yeah, she says like it's my my friend Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, so like she says it all cutesy. I'm like, why is this mysterious alien casually name dropping like six hundred year old Earth references? And it made me wonder, and maybe aliens do this with each other all the time in Star Trek, but maybe it's like when an adult is trying to, like, get cool with the kids. And he's like, yeah, you know, you know, like that Jonas Bieber fella. You know, he doesn't do drugs, <laughs> right? Yeah, we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> so I bet that was like, guy who's like, yeah, like Frankenstein, right, Wesley? You're into Frankenstein. And Wesley's like, yeah, I don't know who that is. Well, it's one of those en- en- enduring stories. Frankenstein, Sherlock, <laughs> Chumbawamba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are all... These are all still very popular in the future. I mean, if you think about it, Mary Shelley wrote that a long time ago, and we still are using that story. Like, still remaking movies about it. Mm -hmm. Wesley's probably heard of him. I just think it's weird for Guinan to bring it up. Like, she was just reaching for, like, the first Earth reference she had thought of. Every 196 years, they remake the Frankenstein. (laughs) 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 There's a great holodeck adventure about it. It's like the other day I was talking to some of my... uh, daughters friends's parents and they're indian asian not american and i was trying to uh, impress them by like name dropping like the three bollywood movies i knew and they were they were polite and nodded but they're probably thinking like yeah great white boy you know three of the like a thousand movies our country has released in the last five years good for you let's hear your quiz well so my quiz uh you have to open up your phones and go to the email i sent you and open it up and let the photos uh, load. And we'll describe Not the you, photos. listeners. We didn't send you all this no, quiz. No, but we will describe the photos as we go through them. And uh, we will probably post them on our social media. Oh, good. Uh, so all Wesley right. has unintentionally created a new invention. I mean, nanites are a pretty sweet invention, right? They're pretty cool. They're robotic. They're, uh, they're helpful in many ways. So I took a bunch of photos from the internet of old-timey inventions. <laughs> so you guys have to guess what these things are okay. for. That's the quiz. So what is this first? Describe this first thing you're seeing. This is the warm-up. There's a bunch can of opener? gears spinning around. It's, it's the inside of a watch or something, right? What is the person doing? He's clicking. Oh, it's a it's a bicycle bell. It is a bicycle oh. bell. So that's a simple machine. Uh, I'm sure made, you put two of these together. <laughs> like, in like, a, this is the easy one. <laughs> you put two of these into a, a, a tin together. They're sure to replicate and uh, <laughs> take over the world. Advanced bicycle bells. All right. What's our second? Uh, the second one is pretty simple. The... It's just like a, an yes. aiming a gun aimer. And what yeah, it's on a it's like on a plank. Oh. It's a automatic gun shooter. <laughs> so it's like a booby uh, trap. Here's the full booby fo- trap. Here's the full photo. It is a mouse trap. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it is aimed at a little tiny uh, just off you know, cropped oh. out. It's just this little tiny mouse that like steps. So 
I guess like people right outside of his home. Yeah, people like, let me did see not... that because it's not even like in someone's house. Like they went out to the mouse's hole and stuck a gun in front of it. <laughs> That's so, so mean. I guess this invention, this this invention, <laughs> didn't take off because people didn't want to keep loaded weapons like just in their yard pointed <laughs> at things. Uh, what's, oh, wait, what's what's next? A uh, tomaton robot. Oh, did I? Oh, I didn't mean to leave the name in there, but yeah. What do you guys think this robot does? Because it looks like a tomato. Is that why it's called a tomaton? It's, so it's a, a an Asian fellow with a robot on his back, like yeah. riding like a like like a child would ride on your shoulders. Sure. It's like an empathy. What do you guys think it does? Robot. Um. Whew. Acts like a little kid. What's it doing on his back? Is it like a massager or maybe he's like. It turns into a AI chair, so you can sit down wherever you he wants. If you don't have children, you want children, you can pretend like it's your child. For the answer, I'll let you scroll down just a little bit and click on the YouTube link uh, right below <laughs> it. We'll tell the audience what we've seen. Oh, I see a commercial for Grammarly. Perfect. That's it. <laughs> okay, someone's running in slow motion. Oh, I see the uh, sweet silhouette of that robot. He's a Yoda? <laughs> He's a he Yoda. Like He's a training Yoda. him to do the force. <laughs> That'd be great. Wait. <laughs> What? He's grabbing a he's tomato. He's grabbing a ball. It's coming. It's coming. It was dispensed it's, from his back. It's, it's coming a, over his head, and he is feeding this runner a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> what? Am I watching? Why? Rob? It is. Look, another tomato. It was Why invented by he... a juice company. A juice company, Tomatan, a wearable robot that feeds you tomatoes. Invented by the Japanese juice vendor Ko, uh, Kagome. Kagome. <laughs> The robot that sits in a harness behind your head pulls out tomatoes and puts them directly in your mouth as you run. Yeah, I was never going to guess that based on that photo. <laughs> Even with the tomato head, that was nowhere in my thought process. <laughs> the, yep. So the next one isn't too tricky. This one you can probably... So. A horse is on a treadmill. It's um, Horse trainer? No, it's like part of a train. Are they... Are they, they powering, powering the whole train? They are moving a train by running on a treadmill. It's horse. It's called the Impulsoria. Impulsoria, 1850 machine invented in Italy to utilize animal power on railways. Hmm. By the way, thanks to a lot of these are from the website BigThink.com. Uh, most of them are from there. It's, it came in pretty handy. Um, what's next? Uh, <laughs> this guy's got a hand attached to his back. There's a pipe going from the hand to a no sail. Bucket this... down by his butt. <laughs> is he a homeless man? Like trying to get What's he multiple carrying? ways to. Uh, he's carrying two luggage. briefcases. Is why are you, you think are he's you... carrying these briefcases? Why do I? Because he's or this a, luggage. He's a salesman. Why is he carrying some luggage for somebody? Because he's uh, he works in a hotel. He it's is a, a bellhop. It's a bellhop, and it's a tip. A tip requester. Oh in 1955, it saw Hotel Bellhop says it's key market. It would say no sale if the tip was too low. I don't know how it could tell if the sale's too low. but Why is it on his back? As you walk away, you, the client can throw money into uh, your tip bucket that's on your back. It looks sure. like a weird hand growing out of your butt. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next one is? It's an all-terrain buggy. Yeah, it's an all-terrain car. That's actually Tractor. exactly right. It is a car with all these weird extra tires all over it so that it could drive on all different <laughs> terrains. It's Skeksis on the next the one. The next one is some women wearing clear cones on their faces. Ooh. What are those cones for? Like men from trying to kiss them. Is it just a, it's not just to protect their makeup from rain, is it? Uh, but it protects their face from snow. That's from very, snow. That's a, I'll accept it, yeah. Why uh, are they so long? I don't know. <laughs> Classic <laughs> contraction from 1939. Thing in the next one. This is the last one, I believe. Ooh, I just got a little thrill. <laughs> <laughs> These two, it's fake. Uh, yes, they are indeed fake boobies. They're bubbies. Uh, what do you it think they're for? Looks like it's got a little wind up next to it. I mean, it, it kind of looks like you're gonna like open the boobie and pull some gyoza out or, or something. Like, 
Or they were like early breast pumps or something for babies? They are a sleeping aid for young children. They had a built-in oh. heartbeat. It was, oh. a, it was a sleeping aid mm. from 1963. Pretty good, you guys. Nice <laughs> job. So these are the, some of the other inventions that, uh, I don't know, from the past instead of... These are things that Wesley should Honey, have invented. Why does the baby's pillow have semen all over it? <laughs> oh, no. Cam has not left that picture yet. He's still up on his laptop. <laughs> uh, what, guys? Oh, we're at the end of the episode? <laughs> Boobies! I just wanted to make it clear that we went from uh, uh, fake hands coming out of bellhop's backs to accidentally inventing a new species of uh, super intelligent robots. <laughs> So what's next, guys? What happens next? Well, maybe we should we listen to the Guinan Frankenstein clip real quick? I mean, I'd hate to go back to that scene, but I love Guinan. Wes, do you think you're going to get a good grade? I always get an A. So did Dr. Frankenstein. So did Ooh. my friend, Dr. Frankenstein. He's always getting good grades. I think that's the only reason she brought up Frankenstein or had that weird, like, I always get an A comment was for the Frankenstein joke at the end. But I don't know. It made me laugh when he was so depressed about the A. But I, I, I didn't a. really understand what they were saying. Yeah, it was silly. Well, and I do think it's funny when you look at Whoopi's face in any of those scenes. She's just barely tolerating them sometimes. Like, <laughs> oh, now I have to, like... Be the mother to Wesley, even though his fucking mother is back. Like, why is she taking care of this? All right, well, she tries to in a scene or two. And how can you know? You haven't even been here. Oh. I'm here now. I'm here now, Wesley. Oh. I like that, because she could have gone the opposite way, which is like, don't mm-hmm. talk to me like that. You right. know, I'm your mother. But she knows she's done fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's not she wrong. She does. She yeah. does, yeah. Although it turns out he's perfectly well adjusted, but well, he perfectly. wanted to stay on the Enterprise. Okay, it was his choice. Well, he yeah. wanted to go to school because it's <laughs> not the same to be on a operating an exciting starship. <laughs> yeah, but he also failed his fucking exam. He failed his oh. exam to that fucking binzai. But he always gets an A. Always get an A, <laughs> except that one time <laughs> got an A minus. Oh. oh, but he does come around and tell her what what he did. And then they have the briefing scene where he fesses up to the whole ship. Well, actually, his mom talks to the captain kind of for yeah, him. I, know. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like they do the whole thing. And then he's like, by the way, I'm, I'm the one who brought them on board. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, as we keep suggesting, like Kelso is over there like, my science experience, my important science. These guys are going to get employed in my science. Uh, why are we just like sweeping the fact that Wesley has created artificial intelligence. He has created not just artificial intelligence, but like a whole new species. They don't know how smart it is quite yet. No, but we find out like we this is almost more advanced than data. It like, is more advanced than data because they have emotion. Yeah, and, and data had to have like people's memories put into him. Like these just spring up by themselves. It's amazing that somebody hasn't put two nanites together before. <laughs> With all the crazy scientists in, a, in this galaxy. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It just This just seems like a huge, huge thing that happened that no one really mentions. Well, Wesley can't be a god. He's just a little kid. <laughs> but he is a god. Oh. Did you read what the original idea was for the script? Yes. What was it? <laughs> it was that the 
dust mites were supposed to become sentient, and uh-huh. they were flying around in little dust mite ships. Little dust mite ships. <laughs> oh, cute. So stupid, but adorable. I love yeah. it. But I, I like, like that the original writer was like actually laughed out loud reading the script <laughs> yeah. and was like, let's fix this. Little Whoa. tiny dust mite Borg taking like <laughs> just these epic space Whoa. battles. Well, that's what I was going to say. Dust mite space battles. So at the end, they like give all these little nanites their own planet. No, you take these guys into battle against the Borg. The next Borg cube you see, just like shoot out a dust cloud of these guys well, that are going to take that ship down. I, I hate to break it to you, uh-huh. but I'm pretty certain, this is my theory, that this is the Borg. <gasps> and they find a way to come back in time. What? You gave them this planet. They they continued to assimilate yeah. things. Oh. And then, you know, there's time travel in this universe. Shit, so they is. come back to before they were created. And Wesley oh. created the Borg. Holy and monkey this, fox. Whoa. Yep. And this is, I'm 100% certain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like that because what if there is like some primitive um, terrestrial beings on that planet and they toss those nanites down there and the nanites are like, hey, let's just connect ourselves like we did to data sure. to these terrestrial things and make them smarter. And then they did it over and over they again. Were they were designed to enter living cells. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh, High five. I'm yes. sure somebody else has this theory, but I'm pretty proud of myself for having thought of it. I mean, because I was thinking, this is pretty badass, because they could come back in like two years, yeah. and they would be so much more evolved. Holy shit, it yeah. would also be a cool, a cool like army of anti Borg. I mean, that's yeah. the other, that's the other cool thing they could do with it for sure. But yeah. they probably never revisit it again. No, probably never. <laughs> <laughs> so they do try to solve the problem by. Uh, blasting low gamma radiation bursts at them and I'm like you want fucking Hulk nanites yeah. now what are you doing I wrote that down. little tiny hulks oh man Hulk. Hulk. get these guys angry well then they have a little tiny Avengers and they, <laughs> they gamma radiate one they give one a super super soldier serum make a little tiny nanite suit for another one, one of them gets bitten by a little even smaller radioactive oh. spider by a dust mite spider yeah. I like when they zoomed in on them because they were really cute. <laughs> they look like resource collectors in a real-time strategy yeah, game. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like I do like the little crystals. Bluetooth-enabled like microscope that he uses. It like you, you just push mm-hmm. a button and it, it Chromecasts to the TV. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, cute. That's pretty good technology. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Stubbs <laughs> starts twisting his mustache, <laughs> and he's like, "Why is he allowed down in the engineering?" Not on my fucking watch, bitches! <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yes, gamma radiation, uh, low level. Uh huh. I'm gonna do maximum gamma, gamma radiation." Well, I do like too how like Data totally like tells him what to do, or is like, "Yeah, did you uh did you try high level?" Game radiation. Like, wow, that would kill him. <laughs> what are you talking? Holy shit, Data! Stop! Don't tell the mad scientist how to kill the nanites. If I may jump back to the previous scene for one moment, yes, please do. I always, always, I'm always looking for the theme of the episode. I'm, always, I'm usually failing at it, but mm. when they're talking about like, is a disease like you destroy disease all the time? I and thought you that do, was an interesting. Like scene. these speeches, all kind of whenever they do these speeches, I'm looking in them for like what mm. the point of the episode is. I, I still kind of fail to do so, but like, is, can we destroy a disease and that's okay? You can, but you can't destroy this because it has intelligence and. I don't know. I had thoughts on that, but I wasn't sure. If yeah, I don't know. think that's the whole theme, but I thought that was like an interesting conversation they brought up. Yeah. Like, we wipe out viruses, don't we? Right. And so this is like a mosquito. Mm-hmm. Mosquito is also sentient and is called the exterminator. So he <laughs> takes it on himself to exterminate well, what he yeah. thinks. I mean, she kind of makes a big leap early on when... Well, and Picard is actually the one I think yeah. that first posits that they might be intelligent. 
And I'm just like, why would you immediately go from they're devouring everything and evolving? They're just making more of themselves. That yeah. doesn't mean they're evolving. They're just replicating well, themselves. I mean, they're performing more advanced tasks, but it's still that doesn't mean they have intelligence. Like, what are they teaching each other? To play Stars and Stripes forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then so he says, well, you destroy millions of bacteria every day. How's that different? And then mm-hmm. she doesn't have a response back. And I kind of feel like Pulaski would have bitch slapped that guy. <laughs> just saying, like, now I'm going to start liking Pulaski now that Crush is back. But she probably would have, like, gave him the truth is because the difference is that these are intelligent, but they don't know that, that they don't know it at quite this yet. time, right? Yeah, so in the yeah, it would and, be easier. And they're trying to, you know, at least be cautionary about it. Yeah. And he's being like crazy psycho. Mm-hmm. And his solution is, oh, I'll just shoot it. So what is he, wharf now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he is. Like I'll just blast it with this blaster. <laughs> no remorse. For not following Picard's rules, mm-hmm. like just goes up there, blasts something with his uh, phaser, and is like, "Fuck you guys!" Well, he's kind of dicky about it too. It's like now they're pissed. Now you gotta kill him, Picard. <laughs> I know, yeah, he dude. says that like several times. No, you have to. I put you in a corner. <laughs> he's acting put like baby a, in a corner, bitch. <laughs> he's acting like a real Doctor Kelso at this point. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then like he goes, does a, not a complete one eighty. He goes from like murdering a new species to hitting on Troy. I'm going to take so you to gross. New Manhattan on Beth Delta One. Yeah. I think he's doing that because he's trying to throw her off because she's always coming up and trying to like read his emotions. Yeah. And, and I mean, to be fair, he does have a good line earlier in an earlier scene where he's like, I'll let you know when I want you to know my emotions. And yeah. it's like, I mean, I like Troy, but she is super creepy and invasive with the way she reads people all the time. It's sure. true. And her makeup, I mean... I, I don't want to be this person. Uh oh. But I was like, whoa! Like her lipstick was like way brighter than normal. Huh. Usually, like I, I don't know. I feel like this whole episode, everything is so much more vivid. Mm-hmm. Like his acne and everything. And I was like, whoa! Her like lipstick is like almost a pumpkin orange. Mm. And then like her eyelashes are just like giant long <laughs> mascara. Are you saying, like, Marcy, that you think, you think she should smile more? No. <laughs> I'm just she like, should just, she's hiding like, her pretty face. She like, should cool clean it, that makeup off. I'll cool it on the <laughs> mascara. I mean, that stuff was like dripping off of her eyelashes. She should uh, clean it off and show us her pretty face. I didn't feel I like... don't mind that she's wearing it. It's just like, wow, that's a lot. Because they don't do that with any of the other characters. No. So then he gets... She's just asking for Dr. <laughs> well, there's a quote from that scene with the doctor when she's leaving. Like the whole scene is like a series of lines that sound deep, but when you try to understand them... And the perfect example. But sometimes, when you reach beneath a man's self-portrait, as you so eloquently put it, deep down inside, what you find is nothing at all. So is he saying that he is just an empty like Shell? like it's Shell. Just like self-loathing on his part? I don't understand. I feel like this guy could have been a really great and interesting character and they kind of touch on it in places but they never really dive deep enough to flesh it out. I just he goes on from here to just go on zapping everything with gamma radiation just willy-nilly. He talks about just... baseball statistics a lot which I don't really know what has to do with anything. He plays them in his head. He doesn't yeah. go to the holodeck to watch baseball. He replays these things in his head. And it's a reward for his patience and then he makes a metaphor out of it. I think we it. actually have that. What on a dickhead. There. <laughs> I have played seasons in my mind. <laughs> seasons in Dude. my mind. Dude. It was my reward to myself. 
for patience. Knowing my turn would come. Call your shot. <laughs> Underneath all that, though? Point to a star. <laughs> nothing. One great blast and the crowd rises. That's Dude. my penis joke. One great uh, blast! Oh, there it is. And the crowd hey, rises. Hey, hey, hey. I was gonna, I was gonna, is he talking about a sex life? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, a reward is sitting there imagining all the statistics and he, what player would hit what. I mean, come on. But, what, like, reward for his patience. But, like, he hasn't done it yet. But he says he does it all the time. It just none of it makes sense. Yeah. Whenever he makes a breakthrough, he rewards himself. All right. By sitting quietly in a lazy boy. Because <laughs> he does it here. Yeah. He yeah, does it he the next does scene. It later. Yeah, yeah. He's doing it. He's like, ah. Pissed off. When he gets zapped by the aliens. Because so. he made a breakthrough when he gamma radiated them. He's That's like, right. ah, I deserve a break. <laughs> <laughs> I just murdered a bunch of nanites. So the nanites show much more uh, restraint than the weird entity from Lonely Among Us did when it's zapped uh, seeing in the dick. Yeah. yeah. He also just gets zapped in the shoulders. But to our point earlier, these are like medical nanites. Why don't they just like invade Stop his, his cells and tear him apart from the inside out? Right. That would have been cooler. Yeah. I thought it was a weird choice for him before he gets zapped that he's thinking about baseball and we, the audience, is hearing the baseball. I thought that was yeah. a weird, like... I, I, I did like that. I was like... I guess it made it clear what he was doing, but Anytime like, the show puts, like, an ounce of style into it. I don't know that they ever do anything that, like, oh, we hear what he's hearing. Like, it seems a little Well, let's not unusual. have another uh, the Royale incident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... So he gets zapped, and he, man, when he comes out of that room, for some, for some reason, he's like at the door, and he's like, Aah! and he comes towards the camera. It feels like a scrub shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so he ends up in medical again. I was surprised he, he lived, honestly. I thought he yeah, was he dead looked, meat for sure. He looked pretty dead, but for the first time, a doctor doesn't. And like a whole season, a doctor doesn't say, he's going to die, Captain. <laughs> he says, oh, he's doing pretty good. I got it under control. <laughs> Did I tell you I'm Dr. Crusher? I'm crushing it here. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Pulaski save some lives? Or are we just forgetting, conveniently no. forgetting the Every lives episode, she she's like, he's going to die. <laughs> Every <laughs> time there's somebody in her medical bay, she's like, He's got that flu. He's going to die. No. When uh, when Celia's creepy ward was in there, she didn't say that guy was going to die. She, she said he had the flu. so much. Now I'm going to have to create one of those clips. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, he's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. I'd love to hear it. Okay. Me too. <laughs> Marcy's just going to record her own, though. She's going to be going. Like, she just tries to fake it with her Pulaski like, impression. Pulaski. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to die. No. <laughs> That? Oh. Pulaski. Pulaski. Hmm. that sounds weird. Sounds like we need to rewatch season Captain two. Begod. All right, Marcy, we're He's redoing dying. season two. He's dying on my table. <laughs> <laughs> so Data offers himself up as a golden calf. This is after the nanites are uh, communicating via binary code. Yeah, Picard's about to fucking destroy him, and Worf's like, "Oh boy, I get to." Punch some nanites? I, get to <laughs> I, forget what, I forget how they're going to wipe him out. But. They're just going to do a gamma ray pulse yeah, or something. Yeah. I bet with the... So Kelso used a little zapper to zap one thing. I bet Worf wanted to build a giant zapper yes. and blast. <laughs> like, we just need one that's like 100, si 100 times the size of that other zapper. He's actually like been waiting. And when Picard says that, he like pulls out a giant like cannon size. I'm like, Worf, that's made out of paper mache. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. two cannons. Worf is going to use one in each hand. He's double fisting it. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Data says, like, you know, if we want to negotiate, I can let the nanites into me and they can speak through me because, again, we're remixing old episodes and it's just like with the Edo god. Yeah, yeah. And also because, you know, an apology should work. Like, why do they think an apology is going to work? This is crazy. Right. Diplomacy, Rob. But Worf, <laughs> once again, was like, I think this is a bad idea. Yeah, Letting right. nanites into data is a bad idea. I totally fucking agree, Worf. Yes. Why would <laughs> they do this? It's insane. This? Data's like, oh, I'll just, qu- I'll just quickly give them the schematics of my neural network. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> We're going to take the two most highly advanced artificial intelligence we know of in the alpha sector, and let's put them together. It's insane. See what's going to Let's happen. introduce them to each other. You know, it is a risk. It's it's more than just a risk. It's like a crazy fucking, fucking idea. Fucking gamma radiate these guys. Worf, just do it. Maybe. <laughs> Defy <laughs> orders, Worf, and save the ship. Worf was right. Is that a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I feel like the first season and a half, it was like, oh, look, they're waving the white flag. Shoot them. Yeah. But now, the, ever since the pack leads, I've been like Team Worf. I'm like, yeah. Worf knows what he's saying. He's learned from the first season and a half. And now right. now he knows the shit. So yeah. Data lets them take over his body. Yeah. It is a cool scene. Data's super mm-hmm. creepy here. I like I like the voice modulation and his performance. Why is there voice modulation? Uh, that's. I mean, because I mean, why wouldn't they just use the voice box that Data? They're speaking uses? in unison. There's a bunch of them speaking at once, maybe. Yeah, they don't know to use certain inflections. Wouldn't yeah. Data well, see, have it like? It sounds a- fucking cool. <laughs> oh, right, because it sounds fucking cool. It's one of the cool parts of this episode. Right. Don't take it away from me. <laughs> it, oh. Okay, it was cool. <laughs> Boy, if we, Marcy, the Marcy edit of this episode, all the cool <laughs> stuff taken out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a 30-second clip of this show with Mars. We'll redub that data scene with a normal voice. Hi, and my the, name is Data. And the scene where the Kelso blasts the thing, we'll just have him, like, just yell at it. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, get out. I do love that we're, like, Picard is doing his best diplomacy yeah. against this brand-new alien, and the alien just, like, turns and looks at Kelso and completely ignores Picard. It's like, <laughs> you motherfucker. I know you. And it's, then doesn't tear him apart. <laughs> Whoa, I never even thought of that because they're in Data's body. You could oh, have just shit. like ripped that guy's arm off. Oh, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. have like fucking Mola ramped him and risk. pulled his heart out. It's a huge risk to do what they did. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, this is where like I was like, okay, Kelso's going full mad scientist. But then here, and I don't really know why he makes the turn, but I did feel like he was sincere when he's like, he got sorry, sorry, dude. Electrocuted by but it wasn't well, even So like he's a afraid scene. of his life for his life now. Yeah. So like, yeah. right. like, Which isn't a great character arc. But even then, even a scene after that, he was still like, we got to kill him. Save me, Picard. No, Picard, yeah. save me. I, I don't believe he would go in the same room with a but android think... taken over by their... Man, I don't... Oh, I think, I think he would for his scientific experiment because it's one way into the history books, Rob. It's a bummer to me when Picard says mistakes were made on both sides that I can't hear both sides without thinking of <laughs> oh, our piece of shit president. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, mistakes were made on both sides. The nanites and this asshole who shot him for no good reason with gamma radiation. Yeah, they're the same. <laughs> Playing Stars and Stripes Forever and murdering <laughs> an entire colony. I can't hear both sides now without thinking of... Yeah. Damn. I do like where they're like, we're exploring. And Picard's like, oh, we're explorers. Ooh. We have something in common. <laughs> That's how you negotiate. I learned that from Reva. Give me your phone number. I learned it from Let's Reva's book, How to Negotiate in Three Easy Steps. 
Reba the Negotiator. Oh, Reba's chorus. Oh, Jonathan Brandis. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I just want to know, you know, based on our prime erective conversations before, who's going to fuck the nanites? Who's the first human who's going to try to fuck these nanites? Well, Data's already doing it in his head right now. He's like made them construct themselves into a Tasha Yar. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> He's like, I made this hologram become her. Oh man, Cavus Alpha Four is just going to be a planet of Tasha Yars now. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Another rape planet. Oh. She doesn't rape But now rape she does things. the raping. That's even worse. <laughs> oh no. Shut up. Emotional highs and lows here. <laughs> What are you it's a doing? Roller coaster to me? of emotions for Marcy. <laughs> oh. I think I'm still gonna be talking about Tasha Yar like every season that we watch. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> Absolutely you should. Now, I'm no astrophysicist, but I'm pretty sure that a stellar explosion doesn't look like what we saw. On oh yeah. Screen. <laughs> Just like a shower of sparks. Yeah, it looked like a shitty firework that it <laughs> bare- like the fight scenes in Star Wars. Yes, yeah. it, 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 well, like the, the Death Star, Death Star blowing the up. The Death Star looks better than that explosion <laughs> that we saw. Well, once George Lucas went in and fixed it in the re-release. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but and, hey, teenagers in the future. <laughs> we meet some space teens. I guess, sort of. They're uh, wearing brightly colored jumpers. That's how you know that they're space teens. <laughs> <laughs> they're all wearing like colors you've never seen on this show before. Crusher's sitting at the bar eating her Sour Patch Kids. Guy <laughs> comes up and is like, Doc, put your fucking drink on a coaster. Where do you fuck you think you are? Yeah. Back at Starfleet. Jesus Christ. You were in 10 forward. Put your drink on a coaster. Yeah, I forgot she did that. <laughs> and uh, then they're like talking about Wesley. And then Crusher's like, I want him to make sweet love. And then Wesley walks in and he's like the Mac Daddy where all of a sudden. Where did this come from? <laughs> we haven't seen this. Oh, my free time studying. Her pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Doggies. He's like, he's like the captain of cunnling is this kid. Let's let's put our food slots together. (laughs) He's like, and then you see like Riker in the background, like, oh. Taught him everything I know. Foods, lots of food slit. <laughs> to food. To food. Shoot. 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 Oh. Oh. Did you do food shoot on the first date, oh, baby? Boy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's not my brand. You, you said it. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm, I'm apologizing for going so off brand. <laughs> oh, my God. So I think the theme they were trying to go for, Rob, is that it was a cautionary tale for science. Like, what at what cost is science worth it? Because Kelso obviously tries to murder a bunch of people in the name of science. Wesley was very reckless with taking these nanites out of the lab in the name of science and put everyone in danger. So I feel like that's where the correlation was with those two characters. But they don't really ever address those aspects because then they end up talking about how Wesley is spending too much time dedicated to his studies and not like giving himself enough free time. But then at the end, we learn that he is giving himself enough free time, and he seems fine with everything he's doing, and he is a 17-year-old trying to get into Starfleet Academy, and I don't know. There could have been an extra beat or two where he is in danger of becoming Dr. Kelso. Exactly. Right. And, uh, and 
you know, like just like there was a fear of Riker turning into his father back in the uh, Icarus. Yeah, and it feels like that's what they were trying to go for, and then it just it got really muddled along the way. And right. like like I said, neither of those two really have a character arc. Meanwhile, Doctor Crusher is the only one with a, an arc, and she just seems like an ancillary character during this episode. We could rate it. Number of nanites, obviously. The <laughs> doy. Um, There's only one to ten nanites. All right, I'm going to invade the ship with. I don't know. I guess six nanites. Yeah, like it's not bad, but it's kind of boring too. I was thinking. Yeah, I did fall asleep in it a bunch. Um, <laughs> I'll go six as well. I'm gonna go five nanites. Five's, five's fair. Middle of the road. Yeah, I mean, I've wanted more from the first episode of the third season, more than just like better graphics. Yeah. And considering this is where the Borg are created, it's pretty... Yeah. Maybe we get an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> the Borg are created right here. Oh, that's right. It'd be funny if like, we had somebody like create the Borg, what they would look like as those cute little oh. nanites. Oh. <laughs> so adorable. I'm here to assimilate you. Oh, you can assimilate me any day. <laughs> uh, rate us on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Rate us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. You can also uh, come to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash green shirt. What? <laughs> Don't go to that website. No. Don't listen to Marcy. You can go join in the conversation with all our other uh, utter suckers. I was just trying to get Cam to laugh as much as he did the first time I said cut in this episode. He oh, laughed so hard. I know. It's a word that a lot of people sparingly, don't like. Sparingly. So it's a bad I'm word. sorry. Greenshirt87 is our Twitter <laughs> handle. You can come there. We're uh, embarking on season three here, guys. So, you know, let us know what you hope to hear from us in the next 22 episodes. I'm trying to get another guest or two. I got a couple of people I want to okay. have on the yeah, show. Yeah, I think we're, we're probably going to have a lot more guests. We've had a lot of fun with Rob and John recently. So we're going to bring back some more. And what is the next episode? Speaking of the rest of season three. The Ensigns of Command. The Ensigns of Essence. Command. Uh, what happens. <laughs> As it turns out, the, they have to. Starfleet starts using a new material for uh, the pips on the new uniforms. And so anyone with a pip gets a really bad disease that just like takes them out. Like their heads explode. Everyone with a pip, their heads explode. So what? Picard's head really explodes because he's got four. And Crusher, like, it's, it's a pimp stomp you've never seen and before. Then from the bloody stump <laughs> rises four new heads. From, because, from whatever no. whatever pip number you have, that's how many heads. And they're, Okay, and so they're monsters. <laughs> and now all the incense who don't have pips have to take over the ship and yeah. run the ship and save it from all the four-headed monsters. And three-headed, and depending three and on two. how yeah, many yeah. pips. Jordy only has two heads. <laughs> yeah. you, guys should write, got three. you guys should write for this show. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It's a really good episode. It's going to be a good one because that's what's going to happen. I'll contribute this. The theme of that episode is family. (laughs) I like it. And friendship. (laughs) Like, imagine if you were trying to kiss a three-headed person and you're Uh a four-headed person. What would that fourth head do? It'd just be like... That's one food slot too many. (laughs) Yeah. I would take a nap if I was that That's an extra food slot there. (laughs) Rob's fourth head is just like always napping. And eating. <laughs> or or snack cakes. Yeah, yeah snack cake. <laughs> anyway. Uh, bye. bye. The food slot is functioning properly. Bye.